you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Today on NFL Fantasy Live, some Monday night mayhem at MetLife Stadium as the Jets and Bears went down to the wire. We've got highlights and analysis on the way. Plus, we're hitting the waiver wire to find you some fantasy gold. Our experts reveal which guys you can grab right now and plug into your lineups. And a bunch of top picks have underperformed so far this season. Find out what our guys say to do with the big-name players that are dragging your team down. NFL Fantasy Live presented by Bose starts now. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. Matt Money-Smith here with the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Remember, you can always follow us and tweet the show at NFL Fantasy. Uh, Fab's nothing more important, I think, to you, the Hall of Famer, than running backs, specifically RB1s. And there has been a rash of injuries across the NFL at all positions this season. But some big news coming out of Houston right now, because on Monday, Texans running back Arian Foster told the media he's still day-to-day as he deals with that hamstring injury. And Foster went on to say, as soon as I feel 100%, I'll be out there. It's my hamstrings call. Arian worked out prior to last Sunday's game, but then didn't suit up. Fabs, Arian's been dealing with this hamstring issue for about two months now, so how nervous should his owners be? Very nervous. This is something that we talked about in the preseason on the show. Arian Foster's durability is a major issue. Coming off back surgery, then he had the hamstring issue. This thing is lingering. We're talking about a couple of months with this. You need to pick up Alfred Blue right now. That is the move to make unless you can get someone like Donald Brown off the waiver wire because Blue looks like the guy who's going to carry the mail for that Houston Texans offense 
over the next few weeks or into the foreseeable future until Foster can come back. And right now, we don't know when that is. Well, you know, in, in Niall Davis is not there. And no. in the case of Jamal Charles and now Arian Foster, you see why drafting that handcuff in the 8th, so or ninth important. or 10th round is so important mm-hmm. if you're going to take a running back in the first round. All right, for more, let's throw it over to Marcus and Adam and all the latest headlines. Thanks, Money. I am Marcus Grant, and this guy here to my left is the fantasy maverick, Adam Rank. We're getting you caught up with all the latest news and notes from around the NFL. Starting in San Diego, the Chargers confirmed Monday that running back Danny Woodhead is heading to injured reserve. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reports that Woodhead had successful surgery on his broken fibula Monday, also had sprained ankle ligaments. Frank, the Chargers are already missing Ryan Matthews due to a sprained MCL. Does that make Donald Brown a good flex option play? Flex option. He's my number one option in a couple of <laughs> leagues. He had 31 carries last week against the Bills and did pretty well. Again, you know, his yards per carry wasn't very good, but watching that game, his last 8 to 10 carries were in the fourth quarter. The Chargers were trying to bleed the clock, so don't be too concerned about that. This week against the Jags, he's got a great matchup, so make sure he's in your lineup. Yeah, maybe uh, Brandon Oliver may come into play, too, in deeper leagues there. In San Diego. Absolutely. So check that out. Panthers head coach Ron Rivera told the media Monday that running, running back Jonathan Stewart has a severely sprained right knee and will not be practicing. Rivera says the team will reassess the situation on Friday. Mike Tolbert Tuesday was placed on IR with a designation to return, and D'Angelo Williams is working through a thigh injury. Panthers right now pretty thin at running back. Rank, is it worth grabbing Fozzie Whitaker, maybe even Darren Reeves in deeper leagues? Yeah, because with Fozzie Whitaker, you can make all sorts of Chris Jericho references and have a good time <laughs> and throw up the horns and have you know, I can't wait for him to win. That helps no one next week. But it's one of those situations where I know some leagues play team quarterbacks where it's like you get that quarterback, you get his backup. They need to do that with the Panthers running backs. Just if we can draft the Panthers running backs, I would just let just one solid unit right there. Hopefully D'Angelo Williams comes back. But if not, Fozzie Whitaker, if he starts, you got you to give him a look. Yeah, well, Williams coming Six back. Six teams on a bye. Williams coming back solves that equation yes. for a lot of people. Some bad news coming for the Minnesota Vikings. Albert Breer is reporting that an MRI on tight end Kyle Rudolph's groin revealed that he will need a sports hernia operation and will likely be sidelined for about six weeks. Frank, everyone knows Norv Turner loves to use tight ends in his passing game. Is it worth taking a flyer on Red Ellison or maybe you looking somewhere else for tight end help? Check your league roster, or excuse me, your league's waiver wire and see who's available. We'll be talking about a number of guys coming up here a little bit later on in the show. The first one that comes to mind is Dwayne Allen. He's been fantastic. Fantastic with the Colts. Niles Paul, very good option with the Redskins going up on Thursday night. So I would take a look around. And the thing with Kyle Rudolph, which is tricky, it's how deep is your team? Because in one league, I had to drop him. I just don't have – I have no Sean Moreno. I have pretty much every injured running back <laughs> I've got on my roster. So I had to drop Kyle Rudolph. But, you know, if you can get Dwayne Allen or Delaney Walker or somebody who's out there – you got to go ahead and make the move. Amazing that Dwayne Allen is still available in so many leagues out What there. have we been telling? Yes. Seriously. More bad news at the tight end spot. This is going to be a theme today. Ravens tight end Dennis Pitta underwent surgery to repair his dislocated right hip on Monday. He is done for the season. Pitta's now had back-to-back seasons where he's dislocated his hip. Offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak loves getting his tight ends involved rank. And with the tight end position being so slim, should Pena owners go out and grab Owen Dent? Now, this is a situation where I would go and grab the next guy up because, as you said, he has a history 
with Kubiak, and he's familiar with the offense, and Joe Flacco just likes his tight ends, so this is a better option here. Yes, if you want to go still, I look at Dwayne Allen as the guy, and I keep beating this drum over and over again. <laughs> Dwayne Allen would be my number one priority, but if you're in a deeper league and knowing Daniels is the best available, I'm pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, we saw Daniels that two-touchdown game a couple weeks ago. Much Joe the, Flacco, much yeah, he the goes to the tight of, of Dennis Pitta owners. Of which I am one. Although, you know, I do like Steve Smith, though. I think this increases Steve Smith's red zone chances. Yeah. Because he's because Joe Flacco is really locked in on him, and they've never really replaced the production that Anquan Bolden was giving them near the right. end zone. So if Steve Smith, for whatever reason, is go still out him. there, go grab him. Go absolutely. On Monday, Titans quarterback Jake Locker underwent an MRI on his right wrist. Locker's status for the team's Week 4 matchup with the Colts is still uncertain. If Locker is out, Charlie Whitehurst is listed as the team's backup. Of course, Zach Mettenberger is still hanging around there as well. Gotta play, Zach. What happened to the fantasy values of guys like Delaney Walker, Kendall Wright, Justin Hunter if Locker doesn't play? Well, when you think of guys like Justin Hunter, who we are very high on in the preseason, I think his value is completely nuked. Wright still has a little bit of value in PPR leagues, and Delaney Walker is still in the mix because I would like to think whoever the quarterback is is going to be targeting the tight end who's been playing so well this season. It would seem foolish not to look at Delaney Walker, not to target him for as good as he's been playing. Yeah, backup quarterback could mean some more things for Sean Green as well in the running game. For more now, we'll toss it back to Money and Fabs. All right, thank you, Marcus. Well, let's get to that Monday nighter. The Bears took on the Jets in East Rutherford. So the highlights, here they are. A lot of fantasy points for your squad. Perhaps you were behind, and Jay Cutler guaranteed you victory. Jets get the ball first, just the second play of the game. And how about Geno Smith? His pass intercepted by Ryan Mundy, and that is a pick six. The Bears up early, 7-0. Now the Jets muff a punt. The Bears in the red zone. Here we go. Third and goal. Jake Cutler stands strong in the pocket and hits Martellus Bennett. What is it about Bennett in September? He's awesome in September. Well, let's, I don't know, change the calendar in his Could locker be. or something. Give yeah. him some October or September. Don't keep it going. Here you go now. Uh, Bears up 14-0. Late second quarter. Geno Smith, Jeremy Curley. 17-13. The Bears at the half. The Jets seem to seize all the momentum. But in the third quarter, it's Jay Cutler, Alshon Jeffrey. A big 42-yard nice gain. Nearly 12 points for Elshon Jeffrey. He did not have a touchdown either. Later in the drive, Bears on third and 11. And it's September, as you said. Guess what? It's Martellus Bennett. Bennett. again. Said he uh, was not happy that Rex Ryan left him out of that conversation when he mentioned Forte, Jeffrey, and, uh, and Brandon Marshall. So he got what, revenge. What am I, a spare tire? Well, there you go, two <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, first down, Geno Smith to the end zone. And there's your oh. rookie, Kyle Fuller. Had two interceptions against the 49ers. Another one this week. Jets miss a big opportunity to the fourth quarter. Just a minute left in the game. Jets down eight. Fourth down, Geno Smith, Jeremy Curley out of bounds. The coverage by the rookie, Brock Vereen. Out of? Minnesota. Uh, I have no idea. Goldie, the Golden Gopher. Bears survive. That's all you. 27-19. Cutler there, you see, with the 16 and a half points. That's a good outing, especially on the road on a Monday night. See the bottom there? The Bears defense, 16 fantasy points. Jeremy Curley with that touchdown. A little bit over 14, and of course, Martellus Bennett with his two touchdowns. A big-time target for Jay Cutler in the red zone led the way. So let's start with the winning side and Jay Cutler. He is currently the fourth-ranked fantasy quarterback out there. Is he a QB1 for you, a starter every week? Well, I don't know if he's a starter every week. It depends on who you also drafted. Because remember, Cutler was a guy you picked late. Uh, he was of the ilk of, I wait on a quarterback, and I draft running backs and wide receivers early. So if you have someone who's elite ahead of him, well, Tom you're Brady. looking to trade. 
Jay Culler. Of course not. Jay Culler has been much better than Tom Brady. I'm talking about elite in fantasy. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, guys like that. But Culler has become a QB1, no question about it. The mad scientist, Mark Tressman, strikes again. He has looked extremely good. He's playing the Packers this week in Chicago. He's a top-ten quarterback right now as long as he's healthy. And the always elusive tight end position when it comes to fantasy. We move on to Martellus Bennett. He is currently the number two scoring tight end (laughs) in fantasy. He has a TD in each of his three games this season. We don't need to tell you to start him because you're going to start him because of how thin the tight end position is. I know you like those trends that say he's only good in September. But Uh, he is. I mean, look at his numbers. Since 2012, he scored 14 touchdowns money. Ten have come in September. So, so are um, you going to bench him wait, on October 5th? No, I'm gonna are you try, going I'm to bench try to trade him for the October 5th? I am 5th selling high okay, on Marcellus so you're gonna Bennett, sell high. especially now if I have another tight end who I like and confident, I'm not confident in that I can start. Sell him high. I would uh, I would take the opposite position and say it's clear that Jay Cutler loves Martellus Bennett in the uh, red zone. And your September trend be damned. I will absolutely <laughs> keep him on my team because I don't want to do. I mean, look, if, if I've got Jimmy Graham or if I've got right, Julius him. Thomas, then I'll yeah, trade him. But if I don't. I'm not trading Martellus And Bennett. a lot of people are desperate at tight end right now. You know, you got so. you picked up Delaney Walker off the uh, waiver wire and you're going to trade Martellus Bennett? Absolutely not. Depends on I what I get for him, buddy. With Mar- I, will, I will roll with old Bennett. All right, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Brandon Marshall was injured for much of this right. game. He had a single catch, so that very well could have been why you see Alshon Jeffrey there with the 10 receptions and 113 scrimmage yards. But... Again, I guess it just goes to my Martellus Bennett point, Fabs. You're not sitting now, Sean Jeffrey. You're starting. No, he was phenomenal last year. Finished in the top ten in fantasy points among wide receivers. Had a slow start. He's been a bit banged up, but looked very good against the Jets. And they can't stop the pass either. So that was another advantage for Jeffrey. I liked him coming into this contest. And as you mentioned, Brandon Marshall banged up. So Jeffrey saw the majority of the targets from Jay Cutler. He is a high-end wide receiver, too, moving forward. My uh, biggest takeaway from this game, fantasy-wise, is the same thing we brought up last week after the 49ers game, and that's that nobody owns the Bears' defense, or if they do, they're not starting them. Right now, they are tied for the second-best defense in fantasy, 32 points this season, and they are not owned by anyone. How about 24% ownership in NFL.com leagues, and they were started in less than 13% of NFL.com fantasy leagues. You remember? Remember this uh, from Lovey Smith. Mel Tucker is a similar defensive coordinator, runs the same 4-3 scheme, an opportunistic defense with Kyle Fuller, that ball-hawking rookie. Granted, the back end has been decimated with Chris Conti out. Ryan Mundy went out. They had two rookies back there, a guy that had never played an NFL snap before. But the corners are still good. It's still Jennings and Fuller, and that front seven is still good. We saw Jared Allen and Young, and those guys get after it. So absolutely, if that Bears defense is available, pick them up off the waiver wire because they are going to produce a whole lot of fantasy points. They're playing the Packers this week. You still like them? At Soldier Field, yeah, absolutely. That Packers offensive line, ever since Evan Dietrich Smith left, the injury to Brian Belaga, it has not been the same and Aaron Rodgers has been under duress so I'll take that front four and how they can get after the quarterback um to the other side of the ball Chris Ivory Fabs looked like he is the number one there uh, a clear number one too well from a fantasy perspective he is certainly the best running back there for the New York Jets Chris Johnson just doesn't look good and Chris Johnson was a guy that I owned last year and he was maddening it was so inconsistent week in and week out Ivory is now the Jets running back to play until further notice now Johnson's going to see his carries, but Ivory's doing more with those carries. Yeah, and especially after that week one with Chris Johnson, everybody got excited. But they kind of overlooked Chris Ivory because right. he wasn't Chris Johnson. And, he and Ivory had 52 yards receiving last night, too, so he can catch the ball So what do you do with CJ? Do you, do you bench him? I'm sitting him. Yeah. Uh, honestly, 
I know that Chris Johnson has got the big name, but he hasn't been a consistent fantasy producer over the last couple of seasons. I know he was a top 10 running back last year, but again, if you had him, he was inconsistent and he drove you absolutely crazy at times. Now it's a committee. This is a guy who's up there in age. He's had a lot of carries in his career. Chris Johnson, to me, is no more than a flex starter. He never was heading into 2014. Yeah, and we very well might have mentioned Geno Smith uh, had he not thrown those two brutal interceptions yeah. because he looked good. His footwork looks good. He was delivering the passes. He nearly came all the way back, uh, through that pass out of the back of the end zone. It seems like Jeremy Curley and he have something going. He needs to make better decisions. Yeah. Once he starts doing that, feet he's going to be points. fantasy relevant. Yeah, no yeah. question about yeah. it. All right, coming up, we have got uh, three weeks of football in the books. You'll see which players' stocks our experts say are soaring and who's are plummeting the floor. But up next, we asked you to tweet the show with your top week three game changer, so stick around for a chance to see your name on a TV. You are three minutes away from being famous. Yeah, this is NFL Fantasy Live. With NFL Now, you can watch stories, news, and highlights of your favorite teams on all your devices. Watch for free today at NFL.com slash now. It's time now for Game Changers, presented by Bose, and we welcome you back to NFL Fantasy Live. This season, we are looking for your help to decide which performances made the biggest impact for your teams. Each week, you can tweet us using the hashtag Game Changers, and we might feature your tweet on an episode of NFL Fantasy Live. Today, we'll talk about the players fans say helped them the most in week three, and no surprise, uh, with the numbers he put up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Fabs, we start with Andrew Luck. He has been phenomenal. Back in the preseason, Andrew Luck was the one guy I said could break into that top three quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and he's number one right now, and he's 12 points higher than the number two player in fantasy football, who is Matt, Luck, uh, Matt Ryan. So now uh, I'm selfishly a little a little worried here because I can't put Andrew Luck and start him and sit him anymore. So he is too obvious at this point. Look at how good he has become in terms of just a, a quarterback at the National Football League level. His accuracy, his intelligence. This is a guy who does not get rattled. He can make plays with his feet as well. So Luck right now is a must-start quarterback, and yeah. dare I say it, better than the top three. And uh, Mod Bradshaw is certainly a big impact there yes. for Luck, the amount he's been using him. How about Niall Davis here, Marcus? Niall Davis stepped in, and he was a guy who was a handcuff for Jamal Charles coming into the year. We certainly didn't expect him to be this much of an impact player this soon, but the way he has run the football, he's looked fantastic. A lot of hard running. He's been nifty with his feet, very shifty in the holes, able to bounce it outside as well. And on top of being productive, He's getting volume. I mean, the Chiefs are running that offense through the backfield, and so you see Davis getting carries. You see him getting catches. He's done a whole lot this year, and as long as Jamal Charles isn't playing, Davis is a guy to have. All right, uh, we get to another running back, Rashad Jennings, Fabs. What do we want from our running backs? We want volume. We want touches. Carries, yeah. And last week, boy, Rashad Jennings, 34 rushes, 176 yards. Look at him break through the line of scrimmage and make plays. Andre Williams is out of the mix here. This is all Rashad Jennings. And at 29, he is a very young 29. Doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. Money, he's become a top 10 fantasy running back and a guy you're starting week in and week out. You love that goal line look. No question. Jennings has become a stud. All right, to the wide receiver position rank, Antonio Brown on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, this was somebody we were in concert with during the preseason about how underrated Antonio Brown is seemingly each and every year. You go into fantasy drafts and not a lot of buzz around him, and yet he comes out and is very consistent each and every week. He just tied an NFL record. He's had at least five receptions in 19 consecutive games 
which to me is just amazing. And he's very explosive, too. And the guy that Ben Roethlisberger always looks to and always finds a way, like you see right there, finds a way of getting open near the end zone. And it's so effective because Ben can extend plays with his legs. Look at the way he steps up in the pocket, moves around. That allows Antonio Brown to get open. And then, boom, right there, easy points. For yeah, him. we were all trying to figure out who would replace Manny Sanders. And really, it looks like it's just going to be Antonio Brown. It's all Antonio <laughs> Brown. <laughs> Everything. So there you go, John Sheps. You were down 19 points, and Antonio Brown's 21 <laughs> fantasy points got you that victory. I'll stick with the uh, wide receiver position and go with Jeremy Macklin in what was just fantasy gold in that Redskins-Eagles game. The eight receptions, but really it was one giant reception there. The touchdown toward the end of that contest in the middle of the fourth quarter. And he's the number one. You know, we, we tried to figure out where Riley Cooper would fit in. The rookie Jordan Matthews. Would it be two tight ends with Selleck and Ertz? However Chip Kelly and Nick Foles decide this is going to shake out, it's clear the number one guy for them is Jeremy Macklin because he's the most talented I mean, he is a big body with crazy 4-4 speed, and there's no reason why Foles wouldn't look to him. All right, let's go to Julio Jones. This is a no-brainer from Thursday. we got to go back to Thursday night, though, Marcus. Oh, absolutely, it was a no-brainer. Look, we were worried about his foot injury coming into the season. He was wearing this special shoe. Whatever that special shoe is, I need to figure out how I can find it online and buy it for myself. <laughs> He's been fantastic. On top of it, Matt Ryan is looking for him consistently all over the field. He's had nine or more targets in the last eight games he's played. So it doesn't matter if Devin Hester's playing well, if Roddy White is there, when Harry Douglas is in. It doesn't matter. Julio Jones is going to be the guy they look for. He could be a top three receiver by the time it's all done. Yeah, the most he, impressive thing about Matt Ryan is the way he's facing that pressure because it seemed a year ago he'd get really rattled when the defense defenders were surrounding him, but he's been throwing really well on the run. And with Julio Jones, giving Julio why. Jones extra time yeah. to throw. It's just the difference in having Julio out there instead of just Roddy. Well, a banged-up Roddy White last year. Yeah, and, I mean, that whole either. receiving core was decimated. And you just mentioned it. Matt Ryan, the second-leading quarterback in fantasy yeah. through three weeks, and they traveled to Minnesota. That was Game Changers, presented by Bose. And when we return, a bunch of fantasy's top picks have underperformed so far this season. Could it be time? to deal them away. See which players our experts say are on the fantasy hot seat. But up next, Fantasy Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano reveals his top 10 waiver wire targets for week four. This is the one and only NFL Fantasy Live. Kirk Cousins waiting, waiting, going down the center of the field, looking for Deshaun Jackson. Catch is made! Shakes the tackle at the 30. Matt Aziana! Andrew Hawkins! Brian Quick's got a step, got it. Touchdown, Austin Davis to Brian Quick. It is time now for Clear Choices, presented by the makers of Claritin. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Matt Money Smith here, ranked Fabs, Marcus Grant. It's Tuesday. That means, along with us, you are hitting the waiver wire. We'd like to help you decide who to target this week. Fabs, uh, there is a certain someone, Sparty, they call him, out in Washington that's doing some damage <laughs> through the air, huh? How good is Kirk Cousins good. been over the first couple of games that he's replaced RG3? And last week, he had nearly 30 fantasy points against the Philadelphia Eagles, putting up huge numbers. He's currently 13th in fantasy points among quarterbacks, and he didn't play in week one. And look at him, the accuracy on that downfield pass to Deshaun Jackson for the touchdown. Kirk Cousins is a guy who is a perfect fit for Jay Gruden's offense. 
and someone who I think could end up being a top 10 quarterback in fantasy the rest of the season. Last year, Gruden's offense, Andy Dalton, fifth in fantasy points at quarterback. He's available in a lot of leagues. He's got a lot of weapons. Pick him up and start him this week on Thursday Night Football against the Giants. Yes, because he's not on the road. If he was on the road, you wouldn't start him for Thursday Night Football because you start nobody on Thursday Night Football when they're on the road. How about it, uh, Rank? Yeah, I like Lorenzo Talaferro here with the Baltimore Ravens. You see him just bursting through that Browns defense. And just looking at these running backs in Baltimore over the past couple of games, he's the best one. I mean, Bernard Pierce has struggled. Justin Forsett, he's more of a change of pace guy. Talaferro came out and really dominated this and seems like a great fit for Gary Kubiak's zone blocking scheme. And even Harbaugh came out and admitted, you know what, he looked really good in week three. He's hesitated to select him as the starter, but at some point, he's going to be the starter this season. Well, uh, speaking of starter, backup, third down back, blocking back, I don't know. They're going to have to have Donald Brown do everything in San Diego with the injuries. Because LaDainian Thomas is not coming back to the Chargers anytime soon. He and if he the did, guy, he'd I'd be start gray and old. Over Donald Brown. <laughs> Donald Brown last week. Had 31 carries. Okay, he averaged two yards a carry. That's not very good. But this is a volume play, and he's going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have one of the worst run defenses in the National Football League. Brown's a versatile runner. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, make plays as a receiver as well. He needs to be owned in all leagues right now. Uh, Whoa, what do you know? Marcus Grant wants to talk about a rookie wide receiver. Who would have guessed? It is the year of the rookie wide receiver. Absolutely. Jordan Matthews is a guy that I liked in the preseason. He's a big body guy who can play in the slot. He can also play outside. You saw what he did against Washington last week. They find ways to get him the football all over the field. And look, the Niners secondary has been awful the first few weeks of the season. They were torched by another rookie, John Brown, last week. I like Jordan Matthews. I think he may surpass Riley Cooper in the pecking order in that Philadelphia passing game. Well, uh, you mentioned it, and I was out in Arizona to see it uh, live and in person out of Pittsburgh State. No H in that Pittsburgh, by the way. John Brown. He was clearly Drew Stanton's go-to target in the red zone. And I'll tell you this, for all of those points, he piled up over 17 of them. Drew Stanton underthrew him twice, twice when he had his defensive back beat and would have been able to walk into the end zone, and Stanton just could not get the ball out early enough. So along with the 17.2 points that just 1.3% of fantasy players got last week, they could have had another 12, perhaps, had Stanton hit his man. John Brown absolutely pick him up as a wide receiver in Arizona. All right, to Andrew Hawkins, and we're talking volume here, I'm guessing, Marcus. We absolutely are talking volume. When we found out what was going to happen with Josh Gordon, Andrew Hawkins became the wide receiver play for the Cleveland Browns. And Jordan Cameron has struggled so far in the early season. Andrew Hawkins has picked up the slack, able to make plays, and you see what he can do running after the catch as well. Had 10 or more targets in each game so far this season. He is on pace for a ridiculous number of catches if this keeps up, and he's looked very good doing it. I like Hawkins a lot. Adam, why do we have to keep reminding the people (laughs) to pick up Dwayne Allen as a starting tight end? Well, everybody panicked when he kind of disappeared in week two, but it has been clear over the weeks one and week three that he is the preferred target of Andrew Luck. And I know you've talked about this at great length about how Kobe Fleener was the romanticized version of a Hollywood ending of two college roommates going out to be NFL players. But in reality, it's Allen who is the premier guy and the guy you should grab. Off All the right, wire. here it is, the answer key. We gave you what we thought were the answers. Michael Fabiano's top waiver wire targets. Number one, Kirk Cousins. Number two, you mentioned volume, Donald Brown, because there are no other running backs out there in San Diego with Woodhead, Hurt, and Ryan Matthews. Hurt, uh, you can round them all out there as you see all the way down to number 10, and of course, get them all at NFL.com. That was Clear Choices, presented by the makers of Claritin.
Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, the right waiver wire pickup can make all the difference on a championship run, and we have got some names your friends haven't even heard of yet. We're giving them to you right after this. Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, Stock School is in session. We're telling you whose fantasy value is on the rise and which players you should sell while you still can. Plus, is your fantasy stud looking more like a fantasy dud? We're putting some struggling stars on the fantasy hot seat to see who's a bust and who's going to bounce back. And we're going Hail Mary deep to find you those hidden gems on the waiver wire. We've got some names that will take your team to the next level. NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. All right, welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. Matt Money-Smith here with all the guys. Remember, you can always follow us at NFL Fantasy. That's our Twitter handle. So let's get right to the highlights from Monday Night Football. Some fantasy gold to be mined there. Jay Cutler. Oh, is he quarterbacking for your fantasy squad this year? If you've been starting him, Rex Ryan, he has no involvement in fantasy. But hey, why not show him anyway? Jets get the ball first. Just the second play of the game. First pass attempt of the oh game. And it's pick six. For Ryan Mundy, how about first time ever in Monday Night Football history that the first pass attempt was taken back wow. to the house for a wow. touchdown? That's wow. a lot of gains and a lot of history. And it led to a lot of bad Monday memes. Yes, <laughs> certainly. Bears up early 7-0. Third quarter, Bears third and 11. There you go, Martellus Bennett. Uh, big night for Bennett, by the way. 17.8 points, most among tight ends in week three. Five minutes to go in the third. Jets looking to answer in the red zone. First down, Geno Smith. Don't throw it, Geno. Oh, there he is. Double coverage. Your defensive rookie of the year leader right now. Kyle Fuller and uh, a personal foul there, by the way, would take them all the way out to the 20. So as bad a decision as that was, it was saved a little bit. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Your fantasy leaders, Martellus Bennett, uh, leading the way with those 17.4 points. Right behind him, though, Jay Cutler, who is now fantasy relevant. Geno Smith, those two picks, terrible. And it was what could have been an interesting night and some discussion here for Geno because a few of those throws were real nice. The Bears defense, 16 fantasy points. All right, we talked about it a little bit earlier, so we will move on. We've got three weeks in the books, and we talk now about whose stock is rising and whose is falling. We'll start with those on the way up, and Fabs, uh, we'll start with the quarterback position and Russell Wilson there in Seattle. Well, you knew back in the preseason that I was preaching, wait on a quarterback, wait on a quarterback, and guess what? Russell Wilson is a guy that you could have drafted in the ninth round, and he has been absolutely phenomenal so far this season. Two passing touchdowns in each game. He hasn't only been good at home, he's been good on the road as well. Now the Seahawks have a bye this week. I'll pick up Kirk Cousins and start him right now for week four. But Wilson is now a guy who's locked and loaded as a week-in and week-out starter until further notice. Russell Wilson, uh, again, off those, those numbers coming up against Denver, a Super Bowl rematch. And like you said, he made all the big plays specifically in overtime, just kind of beyond the fantasy numbers. And he can give you he makes some great decisions. numbers as a runner, yeah. too. And we talked about the bad decisions from Geno, good decisions there. All right, here we go. Uh, Fred Jackson, Marcus. Yeah, Fred Jackson has played very well for Buffalo. I know we've been scratching our head trying to figure out whether it's going to be C.J. Spiller or Fred Jackson. And just by, based on the eye test, Jackson has been the better back, and he runs the ball effectively. You see him here bouncing it to the outside, getting the edge against the Chargers defense. He also catches the ball out of the backfield effectively, finds his way into the end zone. That's the biggest part of it is that he seems to have a nose for the goal line and finds his way into the painted area, and at least until further notice, 
Yeah, I think you're demoting C.J. Spiller, Fred Jackson getting a look as a flex guy depending on the matchup. Yeah, Sammy Watkins there in Buffalo, rookie wide receiver in Carolina rank. Uh, Calvin Benjamin looks like he might be in must-start flex slash wide receiver two territory these days. Yeah, you really can't ignore the numbers that he's putting up. Of course, he did have a little bit of inconsistency in week two, but you know what? A lot of receivers go through their bouts of just not putting up points. But the one thing about Kelvin Benjamin that does separate him from some of the other rookie receivers, guys like Brandon Cooks, who I'm thinking of, the thing with him, with Benjamin, is that he's the number one receiver on this team. He is the number one target for Cam Newton. If Cam Newton is banged up and can't go, Derek Anderson also showed that he likes the rookie too. So when you look at it and you look at the number of targets that he's going to get, it's going to be hard to leave Kelvin Benjamin on your bench, even though you drafted yeah. him pretty much. And that week two was Cam's first week back. So right. I, I attribute that big time. Uh, here we go. Guess what? Joe Flacco likes tight ends. Gary Kubiak likes Owen Daniels. No more Dennis Pitta. <laughs> Joe Flacco is going to like Owen Daniels. That's it. It's that simple. He's owned in just 12% of the leagues. You ought to be able to pick him up off the waiver wire because he had such a bad week against the Browns. Less than a single point, but that was the game in which Pitta was injured. Flacco and Kubiak love to use tight ends, and this is the guy they're simply going to have to use. So it's one of those volume plays by default. If you're in need of a tight end, do you think people need tight ends these days? I think so. Yeah, I think we're all set. Might be a pretty <laughs> I know good I need them. <laughs> option. All right, it's uh, those are the stock up, the risers. Let's get to those that are falling. Fabs, the wide receiver position in Arizona. Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. and we've sort of seen this trend over the last three years. He hasn't had a thousand yards in the last couple of years. He did score ten touchdowns last season, but that's what saved him from having an otherwise dreadful campaign so far this season. He has not looked good. Drew Stanton and Larry Fitzgerald not on the same page. He's been looking more to John Brown, as we mentioned. And Fitzgerald is now a guy who you can't even start with confidence. 100-plus receiving yards once in his last 13 games. No touchdowns in his last six games. They got to buy this week. You can't play him regardless. But even when he's back, Fitzgerald is no longer elite in fantasy, guys. Yeah, he had just two targets going into that fourth quarter. He did not make his first reception, and that was a streak of 151 games that he had one until uh, mid-fourth quarter. Toby Gerhardt. Yeah, oh, I know in the, pre- in the preseason, <laughs> the hype train was rolling for Toby Gerhardt. I was certainly driving it. Hey, America, I'm sorry, y'all. It just, it just, it's not working out. Toby Gerhardt, the, the offense in Jacksonville is bad. We see they made the switch to the quarterback position, but the offensive line has struggled, and Gerhardt, is not the quick-footed, shifty guy who's going to get around a bad offensive line. He is a plotter. He's more of a straight-line guy. It's just not working out. 2.4 yards per carry. He's struggling to get past the line of scrimmage. And at this point, Toby Gerhardt belongs on your bench. Yeah, I sat him last week for the first yeah. time, and it hurt. Oh, man. It hurt me deep. Right, that be tough for you. No, I'm not all right. I've got him in every one of my teams because I was so excited about Toby Gerhardt and Gus Bradley and a run-heavy offense. Well, your, guys is, your guys is Toby Gerhardt is my joik bell, a guy that I have on virtually every team because I was subscribing to the RB zero RB solution, you know, not targeting running backs early, going for some position, but guys like Jimmy Graham, doggone it. But Joy Bell was somebody I thought could carry my team and really be the bell cow of that fantasy backfield for me. But when you look at the numbers, he just has not been impressive this year. And going forward, I'm not sure how much of an impact he's going to be able to make. Reggie Bush was out there against the Packers looking just a little bit better. You know, and Joy Bell wasn't doing too well. He's had problems with fumbling, so... I'm going to take uh, the baton from you from last week on this one, Rank. You <laughs> talked about Tom Brady, and I wrote you a little bit there. But uh, 
clearly you're not starting him ahead of Andrew Luck or Matt Ryan or Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers Kirk or Cousins. Peyton Manning. But, yeah, that's the area that we're in now. You're not starting Tom Brady ahead of Kirk Cousins or Nick Foles or Phillip Rivers or Russell Wilson. You're going to get to about 15 or 16 quarterbacks before you say, yeah, I'd start Tom Brady over that guy. And it's not necessarily all his fault. He has a singular focus for Julian Edelman. Gronk has been in and out when it comes to snap counts, uh, the number of snaps that he's on the field. And Brady's just a bet. You, you sit him. You have to sit him at this point. It, 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 really if he's struggle. not wearing a number 12 Patriots jersey, he's on the waiver wire yeah. right now. But he's so, guess, good on, he's so good on Facebook that I have to keep him on my roster. <laughs> he's been killing it on social him. media. You can That's stash enough. him. Uh, still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, we've got a bone to pick with a few high-round draft picks we are taking some struggling fantasy stars and putting them on the hot seat right after this Thursday Eli Manning and the Giants take on new starter Kirk Cousins Alfred Morris and the Redskins football starts here Giants Redskins Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern live on NFL Network and CBS Right now, you are getting a look at some of the top players for fantasy heading into the season and their current position ranks. After three weeks, you see the average draft position right there at the top. Eddie Lacy, a top 10 pick, 51st ranked running back after three games. And with that, we welcome you back to NFL Fantasy Live presented by Bose. And guys, we get into some of the players we just saw on that board. Those are all fantasy owners uh, that drafted those gentlemen in the early rounds and certainly have seen them underperform so far this season. So let's help those fans, those owners, decide if we think they are going to bounce back or if they are on the fantasy hot seat. Marcus, we'll start with you and the first name we saw, Eddie Lacy. Yeah, Eddie Lacy has had a rough start to the season, but keep in mind, the defenses he's played the first three weeks have been some of the best run defenses around. You're talking about the Seahawks, the Jets, and the Lions. So things will get better for Eddie Lacy. You see the number of touches, 45 scrimmage yards against the Lions on Sunday. He had the fumble. It has been rough, undeniably. But you look at the schedule coming up. The Bears are coming up. The Dolphins are a couple weeks down the road. There are things on the schedule that should let you be a little more, uh, a little, a little favorable for Eddie Lacy coming up. I think he's going to get better. Yeah, if I may play devil's advocate, because that's what I do. <laughs> but my only concern is how quick he got that hook. And I understand it was a fumble that was returned for six points, and you could argue that that was the difference in the game. But my other issue with Eddie Lacy is remember what the narrative was in the preseason, and that is he's out of shape. Is he taking this seriously enough? Look, it's Fat Eddie Lacy. Check out the angle in this photo. So that's my only concern is, is there something happening in Green Bay that might lead to a quick hook if he does make a mistake and we just see James Starks for the remainder of the game? And then when they run the nil huddle, too, if James Starks is already out there, then he's just going right. to remain in there for the in entire exactly. division. Exactly. All right, let's drive. stick with the uh, the Packers and a quarterback that was likely taken in the first round or a high second round pick, uh, Fads, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not as worried about Aaron Rodgers as some people might be about Eddie Lacy. Rodgers also played the Seahawks in week. Week one, where most quarterbacks go and don't produce big fantasy numbers, sans Peyton Manning in the fourth quarter last week. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not worried about Rodgers. Listen, this guy has one of the best offensive weapon arsenals in the National Football League with Jordan Nelson, Randall Cobb, 
Lacey or James Starks, whoever becomes the guy there. And eventually, Rodgers is going to be more consistent. But again, he's had a couple of tough matchups. People forget that that front seven for the Detroit Lions, that's pretty good. And when you also mix in a game against the Seahawks, well, that's why he's had fewer than 200 passing yards in two of his first three games. Yeah, and unlike Lacey, at least he does have one of those three where he put up boffo numbers against, against the Jets. Against the Jets, so, exactly. You know, you, like you said, you, you weigh the good with the bad, right. and that's what you're going to do right now, Rank, right. with, uh, with your I'm first round pick in all your leagues. I'm going to go off the board, but you guys were talking about a little bit. You saw all those big names. What about Jimmy Graham? This was a guy that snuck into the first round. I joked about it during the preseason that I was going to take Jimmy Graham first overall. And while I didn't do it, I was thinking about it. And his performance thus far, dare I say, not been so good. I feel like that kid on the Xbox commercial where I'm just grilling all these big-name players coming in and out. Like, Jimmy Graham, one great game. I could have picked up Delaney Walker off the waiver wire and been just as good as wasting a first-round pick on Jimmy Graham. And I'm sorry, Jimmy, if I have to come out and put you on the hot seat to try to motivate you. Well, that's what I'm here to do. Not just for me, uh, but for all I the fantasy enthusiasts <laughs> out there who picked up Jimmy Graham. And you know what? It, it's been just, you know, who else is, is getting to me? Too? Is this Cordell Patterson guy? And that's, I you want it. me to pick that up and go with Cordell okay, Patterson I've, here? I've, I feel like I've said a lot. We, uh, <laughs> we expect the jump based on the end of season performance in 2013. And what have we thus far? And this is the big concern about Cordell Patterson, guys, is it's one run. It is a single play that is it it is one single play in week one against the Rams that has uh, given Cordero Patterson all of his fantasy points granted you had the one play here but you're talking about somebody that is asked of a quarterback to help him make plays and when it's Matt Castle throwing interception now that Teddy Bridgewater is in there perhaps we'll see something different young quarterback he is the most talented player on that team uh, currently in the lineup so Bridgewater very well may look to Cordero Patterson for some of these underneath routes to get him going but as far as it went through the first two weeks and then three weeks with Matt Castle, it was one play. And that's the biggest concern. It's not that he had bad games. He had entire bad games except for a single play. Uh, I mentioned Matt Castle. He is sitting on the bench. Somebody that is not going to sit on the bench all season is Matt Stafford. Uh, how do we gauge what he's done through three weeks? What a stinker last yeah. week. I, at 4.5 fantasy points. I mean, that's just awful. You're going to lose nine times out of ten when your quarterback puts up a number that bad. But here's the good news, fantasy fans. He's playing the Jets in week four, and the Jets stink against the pass. So even though you've been worried about Stafford, maybe after last week, don't be. He's going to bounce back. He'll put up a big number. Now, keep in mind, Stafford's always been better at home than he has been on the road. So you're not going to see Bafo numbers week in and week out. That's just not what Stafford does, and that's not what he's done during his career. But this week... You can play him and feel confident in him. Most weeks, you'll be able to play him, uh, and he'll be fine. But there are weeks when he's on the road, things don't work out for Stafford. Yeah, I would say uh, of all the Twitter traffic we get, I, I don't know if you guys are in step with me on this, but Keenan Allen is a oh, big yeah. one big because one. he big is one. a number one receiver. He is a number one target. But, Marcus, he has not produced, plain and simple. He has not produced this year. And it is, it's a little concerning. The one thing I will say is that last year, Keenan Allen started slowly, and it was the Eddie Royal show through the first couple of weeks of the season. And then he picked it up and started playing better. Well, last week, was kind of the Eddie Royal show for the San Diego Chargers. He had a couple of touchdowns, so maybe if past his prologue, that maybe Keenan Allen steps up. The one concern I have, a couple concerns I have, one, Malcolm Floyd is back and has played very well through the first couple of weeks. He's been a deep threat for Phillip Rivers in that offense. Plus, we've seen the tight ends get a little more involved. Antonio Gates had the big game against Seattle. Ladarius Green is getting more involved. So there are a lot more targets in that offense. So if Keenan Allen's not getting open, 
he's not going to necessarily get the targets. They're not going to force the ball into him. So there is a little bit of reason to be concerned about if Keenan Allen right If he can't do now. it this week against the Jaguars, feel free to freak out <laughs> yeah. because the Jaguars' pass defense is off. Well, obviously. and you mentioned the first three weeks last year. He wasn't really playing. They didn't have him, in, have him in for a lot of snaps. But also in the case of Keenan Allen, he was a rookie, and mm-hmm. he wasn't drawing a lot of attention. And you watch those games, and you're seeing – He's the guy getting bracketed. He is the guy drawing the number one quarterback. And going back to the point at the top of the conversation against the Seahawks, he's played the Seahawks and the Cardinals. So, right. uh, again, you look to the Jaguars to figure out whether or not Keenan Allen is a viable option moving forward. I'll go to the defense, and really the only defense that people jumped up to draft in just about every single draft, and that's the Seahawks, uh, because they wreak havoc. It's the Legion of Boom, and people want to draft them early because they create turnovers. It's Richard Sherman. It's a front seven that can put pressure on the quarterback. And it's just not happening this year. I mean, we are seeing teams just stay away from Sherman entirely for almost an entire game plan. The turnovers aren't there. The return game has been sluggish, and you would have thought that would have been a lot better, obviously, with the return of Percy Harvin, but it just hasn't been there. They're on a bye this week, and I think there are better defensive matchups. We talked about it earlier in the show. The Chicago Bears are owned by 20% of our leagues. They are started by just barely over 10%. That is a turnover-creating defense that is available for you out there. I don't see any reason not to play them in this bye for the Seahawks and see if they can keep it going. And the Falcons, too. You know, yeah. They were a great pickup last week, and they got Devin Hester. She's always in the, in the uh, market for return yards, too. So this is why this is exactly why you do not draft a defense, especially in one of the top five rounds. You just go out on the waiver wire, pick up these great defenses, and you'll be fine the whole hey, year. Play matchups. You play the Colts last week. You play the Chargers this Chargers. week against exactly. the, uh, the Jaguars. That's the way you do it. All right, coming up next, the first bye week is upon us, and that means it's time to hit the waiver wire. We have under-the-radar guys who are ready to put up big points this week. Stick around. All right, a reminder, bye weeks start this week. We have six teams off, some starting quarterbacks. Are people starting Peyton Manning these days? I think so. Some uh, running backs to account for. Marshawn Lynch, of course. Wide receivers in the case of I A.J. Green. can't start Austin Davis. Demarius, Demarius <laughs> Thomas, you get the point. All right, there are uh, moves to make. And as we welcome you back to NFL Fantasy Live, presented by Bose. Matt Money Smith here with all the guys. So as we talk about moves, we mentioned deep waiver wire targets that you ought to be thinking about. Marcus, good started. Yeah, I hear uh, there, there aren't any tight ends out there. <laughs> no. Rumor going around. None. Right, so I'm going with Travis Kelsey as the guy to take out right now because he's he is the guy who's emerging there in Kansas City. He's a guy I liked as a deep sleeper coming into the preseason, and they're starting to find him with the football, and I love what he does after the catch. Maybe not that Man, so much. In the head. <laughs> not that so much, but he does a lot of good things after catching the football, and I like him a, a lot coming up this week. I uh, was in Arizona. I mentioned it earlier. Saw Stevie Johnson. A lot of five receiver sets because they had no uh, McDonald or Davis out there for the 49ers, but the one thing I like about Stevie Johnson is his targets have increased every week. His production has increased every week, and coming out of the preseason, Jim Harbaugh said he's just not up to speed on the playbook yet. He is a back-to-back 1,000-yard receiver. He is someone that runs precise routes. And certainly, well, I don't want to say Colin Kaepernick only had eyes for him, but in that first half when they scored those two touchdowns, it certainly seemed like it as they marched their way up and down the field. How you remember, about it, uh, You remember Alan Hearns from week uh, one? He was of. the guy everyone was talking about. He had the two touchdowns against the Eagles, and in week two, Zippo. Well, last week, he had that one catch, but it was a big one, a touchdown, and Blake Bortles is now the quarterback for the Jaguars. That should improve the passing game. I don't know about the running game, but this is a guy that I still think needs to be owned in leagues, 10 and 12 team leagues, even if he's your fifth receiver at the end of your bench. Give us another tight end, Rank. 
Well, I'm going to talk about Ladarius Green because we couldn't find video of Latavius Murray, who I wanted to talk about for the Raiders. But if you're looking for a tight end this week, as Marcus said, we are in a dire situation when it comes to tight ends. The Jags have allowed the most points to fantasy tight ends this season. So, Laddie Green, good there option. You go. Are you suggesting that Raider games aren't televised? Is that what you're trying to tell I'm us not right suggesting now? any such thing. Are you thing. taking a shot at somebody I'm, with that? Was I, was I taking a shot at you? I don't think so. Okay. All right, that is uh, going to do it. For us here at NFL Fantasy Live, remember to join us tomorrow when Fabs here brings you his top starts and sits for week four. That's Wednesday at 4 Eastern on NFL Now and 5 Eastern on NFL Network. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital, rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.